Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 29th, 2010. Now, newcomers should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the free audios you can download. Remember, all those sites listed on the front page of the com site have, are all the original sites. These are all my sites. And anything off of that you see is not mine, believe you me. So these are the authorized sites. And you can use any of them when you find sticking on download on the com when so many folk go in at one time, you can you can choose from these other ones and hopefully you get a clean download. They all carry a lot of transcripts in English too of the talks I've given over the years and you can download them for print up. And if you want to, uh, to take transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself to the variety that's offered. And remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so... Uh, buy the books and so on I have for sale. I don't bring on advertisers. The ads on the show are paid, uh, they pay directly to RBN and that pays for the airtime. I've got nothing to do with that. That pays for the transmission of the show and their equipment staff and their bills. So you can help me with mine. Buy the books and the discs and so on I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And remember from the US to Canada, you can still use a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order. And some people send cash. You can also order or donate through PayPal. If you want to order through PayPal, just send a separate email after the donation with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And across the rest of the world, same idea. Uh, most, most countries now are stuck with PayPal for the, the main wiring transmission method. And I think that's followed by MoneyGram and Western Union. MoneyGram's a bit cheaper, I believe. And MoneyGram also gives you the option of sending uh, a check with Canadian dollars and uh, that, and just post it off. It's a lot cheaper than wiring it. Some people still send cash. And again, to PayPal to the order uh, or donate. Just use a donate button with appropriate amount and then separate email with your name address and the order, and I'll get it out to you. On this show, I don't generally stick by what's been pushed in the popular, I call it the popular press because that's what mainstream media is. It's meant to create a popular movement in all directions. That's why your cultures are shattered because it ties in directly, of course, with the entertainment industry. And yes, it's all to do with managing your mind, your behavior, what you think about things, and so on. All your opinions are given to you by what you take to be experts. A guy pushing a pen is suddenly an expert. And they're all being guided by experts. And really, if you met these guys, I don't think you'd even want to have a drink with most of them, apart from the fact they drink you under the table, because that's all they do in the press rooms. They, they see what gossip's going about and what will sell and what's being promoted by those above them in the culture industry. 
and they make sure that you get your fill one way or another. And of course, when the big things are really happening, they're not about to tell you what's really going on with the movers and shakers as they turn the world upside down and you with it and bring in the new society. That's not their job. Their job is to keep you in a kind of la-la land between sex. That's why you see so many things. There's all boob babes in every page now. And uh, I guess it's celebrities they use. That's what they call them, celebrities. Although there's not much up top in the old cerebrum, believe you me, in, in those characters. But that's what they give you to follow, and most folk unfortunately do. Sad comment about humanity, you know, uh, in the culture industry. They know exactly what how people think. Uh, the mass man, the mass woman, the mass child, male or female. They've got to, for every age group and gender, and every part of the gender uh, age group, they've got uh, a particular program aimed right at you to make sure you end up a, a compliance overweight worker bee. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I always think of Charles Galton, Darwin, uh, descendant of Charles Galton, or Galton, and uh, the Darwins, because they combined the families, of course, considered uh, into eugenics, but some of them became scientists, and uh, Charles Galton, Darwin, worked on the Manhattan Project to blow up people. He didn't like people very much. He wanted to kill an awful lot of people off, especially the kind he thought were the unfit and the poor and so on. And he wrote a book about it called The Next Million Years. Very good book to get a hold of. And uh, he outlined the elite's viewpoints uh, and uh, how they saw the ordinary people and how they foresaw the future, uh, causing lots of problems for the elites by all the masses down below outbreeding them at the top. And he, he gave forth his various plans to alter that status. And partly what part of it was to do with dosing the ordinary population with excess hormones which would alter the male and the female and make the males more compliant, although it could make the females more aggressive. And I'll be touching on that tonight. He also talked about other ways, too, of killing off and sterilizing the populations. But he also said a very real truth. These guys tell you an awful lot of truth as well at the same time uh, as far as uh, how they see the world and what they want to do. And people like Charles Galton Darwin, of course, belong to the Royal Society, that all top scientists must belong to it. You simply must belong to it or your soul last century. Uh, that's how it goes. And, of course, you're nobody, in other words, unless you join it. And uh, it's, a, it's a Masonic group, actually, of scientists that was chartered by the Crown. So the Crown, of course, are the head of uh, masonry, supposedly, for England. They said Duke of, Duke of Kent was always a top honcho for that. But uh, Charles Gotton Darwin did say that... Um, he says there's always been uh, slavery in one form or another. And he was talking about the feudal ages and coming up in the, for the Western countries, I mean, coming up into this new so-called democracy, which is a wage slave, of course, where the state is still in control of you on behalf of the same people. And they tax back from you using a thing called money, all the stuff that they used to take back in hay and, uh, and farming animals and vegetables and stuff. That's how, what they used to do, because the serfs served the, the public. They served the big castle. They supplied the local lord uh, with all his produce for his army and so on, and the excess was sold off, sometimes even abroad. 
uh, although the farmers got nothing back in that at all. They just got 60% or so uh, of their produce taken from them. And it's the same today when about 60% of your taxes is taken from you. So nothing really changes. But when he said there's always been slavery in one form or another, he says, we're in the process. And he should know, since he belonged to all the world uh, meetings, uh, societies, and think tanks, he says, we're in the process of creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. And if you wonder what that is, look around you. Look at the the tubs that used to be people walking around with all their genetically modified food inside them. They used to say you are what you eat, and it's definitely more apparent now than ever before because we're being bioengineered. And as I say, Galton Darwin did go into the the bioengineering of people, and you are definitely seeing the outcome of it today. Uh, the body can't cope with all these oils and GM stuff and so on. They can't cope with it at all, and it, it plasters it down all over the body as fat, and it can't get rid of it. It doesn't know how to turn it back into the various sugars and burn it off. So uh, that's how it is. We're under a form of warfare, of course, because we're really being brought into a new type of slavery, a more scientifically designed slave, you might say. And, of course, along with that goes the old systems, too, uh, just to make sure you, we all get the point. They smash you on the, with the banks, and the banks are really there for different functions, apart from the, the, the wealth they soak out of pub, the public. Uh, they also have other functions, too, because, you see, money... Our economics has always been a form of warfare, even in ancient times. And you can control society, even when you're not technically in a state of warfare. You control them by the money in circulation and the withdrawal of money from circulation. And then you can create um, inflation and all these silly little things that they do, which are very, very simple to understand, but they try to make them so complicated by calling the whole field the science of economics. But it's a, a form of controlling the public, that's really what it is, and to pillage the public every so often. That's why banks are allowed at least twice a year to pillage the world by having the bank runs. The money just disappears, supposedly, to money heaven. And, of course, there's no such thing as a disappearing money. It goes into pockets, and, um, and then, of course, the public bail them out. That's the deal in uh, democracy. And, of course, they're doing the same with Ireland now. I knew they'd hammer Ireland because it's kept, to, it's kept standing up against every treaty uh, of integration that the EU did to join this super uh, monolithic structure, this new Sovietized Europe with the secret overlords, etc., who are picked in secret ballots and all the rest of it, as von Rompuy admitted recently. But uh, because it's not democratic, we're post-democratic, you see, that's official. If you haven't got the message by now, you're post-democratic. So here's Ireland here, and I'll put all these articles that I mentioned, I'll put the links up, remember, on the site cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. And this says here, pension reserve funds to be spent on, on banks. This is the IMF, is in there now, the International Monetary Fund. It's now in control of the country and all of its economics. That's what happens when they come in. It's up to 15 billion euro or from the National Pension Reserve Fund set aside when the Celtic Tiger was still roaring. It's likely to be used to recapitalize three of the country's banks. Amid speculation last night that the rate of interest to be charged on the EU IMF bailout could be as much as 6.7%. Never mind the compound interest, I'll add to that. Finn Gale's finance uh, spokesman, uh, Michael Noonan, said that kind of rate was far too high and unaffordable in any reasonable projection of growth. 
The Department of Finance said interest rate had still not been finalised, but given that much of the loan would be repayable over nine years, the rate could be higher than the 5.2% charge to Greece, but would not be as high as the 6.7% being quoted by some brokers. Meanwhile, the Anglo-Irish Bank, which was downgraded to junk status yesterday evening, is expected to be closed swiftly together with the Irish Nationwide Building Society under the EU IMF loan plan. So, uh, this goes on and on, of course, but uh, apparently they're getting an €85 billion euro package later today and have EU finance ministers to approving it tomorrow. I mean, how amazing can it be? Eh? You've, been, you've been sunk by bankers. Nothing has changed to stop them from doing it again, mind you. And, uh, and you're bailing out the bankers. Every man, woman, and child has to bail out the bankers for generations to come. And, and they scoff your pensions uh, along with it too, of course. And uh, no one goes to prison for anything. It's just amazing, eh? No one goes to prison. No one stops to question that fact. Why do, are these guys allowed to plunder you and there's no laws in the books to put them in prison? Anyway, it's just that the emphasis in the plan is to avoid drawing down money from the bailout and rely in the first place on money from the pension reserve fund for the banks and on the 20 billion euro the state borrowed earlier this year to part fund next year's national budget. And what did they actually give you all these lenders? Did they actually give you just checks and you just print out the cash? Well, no one explains it, you see, because at one time things were backed by gold or silver and you had to back it by that. And so you couldn't really put it, technically they couldn't put out any more banknotes than you had in the reserve to, to actually make them good. Now, now, a while ago, of course. So now, what do you get? And you had to pay it back with gold or silver, whichever was the national currency. In Britain, it was generally sterling silver. But um, if there's nothing to back it, what do these guys actually give you? Just a check to print money, and you give them an IOU, and or did they ask for real stuff back in return? Well, actually, the latter part, they asked for real goods and real land and all the rest of it back in return. That's how it works. For a check. Not bad for a check, eh? And we've seen this coming for a long time now. Because the police, uh, and in other, in other words, the state, I like how they, use, they just put the, the on the police when they want to, but the state gives permission to the police and tells them what to go after. Police seek powers to shut down websites from the BBC. It says the police are seeking powers to shut down websites deemed to be engaged in criminal activity. Now, since they keep expanding criminal activity into every area of life now, in fact, you have to keep up with the laws. You could be criminal tomorrow without knowing. Anyway, the serious and organized crime agency, SOCA, has tabled a plan for Nominet, which oversees UK web addresses, to be given to the, the, the domain closing power. Nominet said the idea was only a proposal and invited people to join the debate on the form of the final policy. Now, why is there going to be a final policy if they haven't debated it yet? Whether they should even do it? Well, it's telling you in the statement here that they've already got a final policy, a goal. IT lawyers said the proposal would be worrying if it led to websites going offline without judicial oversight. It's not policy at this stage, said Eleanor Bradley, Director of Operations at Nominate. And that's how they're doing things now. Oh, it's their policy, you see. That bypasses any judicial oversight whatsoever. In other words, some guy from the Home Office just tells them, we don't like this person, take them off. And that's it. That's good enough. 
She said SOCA's approval emerged from changes made to nominate's policy development process earlier in 2010, as well as experiences with closing down a series of criminal sites in the last 12 months. In the proposal, Soka pointed out that Nominate currently has no obligation to close down criminal websites. Soka wants this changed so that domains can be cancelled if law enforcement agencies deem them to be engaged in criminal activities and inform Nominate of their conclusion. All that would take is from some banned websites classified as an enemy uh, and that you've maybe looked into and someone sent you an email and that's you, kiddo. That's, that's it. That's good enough. You see, you've been colluding with an enemy. And they can keep adding to their enemy list, just like George Orwell. Who who are you fighting today? East Asia, West Asia. Who 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 is it? Eurasia. Who is it? We don't know. They keep changing their gun sites. You see. Uh, I mean, everybody's get a, suspe- a suspect now. Everybody goes through the airport scanners and g- gets their groping and and all the rest of it. And uh, everyone's a suspect. It doesn't matter who you are. You know. Amazing. What a world we're living in. And folk just chomp their chips and put on the fat and and laugh at uh, the television. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, there's always a war going on because there's so many parts of this agenda that have to be worked out at the, at the right time to basically merge with other parts that are working too. That's how the big machine works. And, of course, all the big think tanks and, and the working groups work it into being. They're in control of all of this. Your culture has been taken down to the pits, of course. And I've lived through a good part of it. I've seen it happening. I've gone and investigated at the time what was going on because... I knew big things were happening, not by themselves, because nothing starts in the grassroots by itself. doesn't happen, you see. doesn't happen. Everything is authorized from the top down, including the LSD phase that went through in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. And, uh, of course, a massive promiscuity promoted from the top down again. Massive industry to, to deal with it, make sure we all got the message and copied like monkeys, because we do, we imitate like monkeys what we see. Plato talked on about the same thing too, uh, that the people, the public must attend, and that was a law at one point in, in uh, the, the Greek islands in Attica. They had to go and attend these these plays that were put on by the states because the public would emulate what, this, what they saw. And even the fashions they would try and get a hold of too, just like today. And so it works very well. He also said that music was a, a very, very important part of it because music could sway the emotions of people. And people who played music, musicians, should be licensed because of the power they held over young people. And, and you could use that power to help create a, the kind of society or culture you wanted. Or you could use it for, for rebellion too. So that was all known in thousands of years ago. But as I say, the media is not there to inform you. Otherwise, none of us would be as dumb as we are. We're kept in the, uh, like mushrooms. We're kept in the dark and fed, you know what. And that's what the media is there to do, to make sure we get the message on some things. They never give you the full story on anything. And their job is to make you think you're just living through what they used to call happenings. Happenings. Things just happen uh, out of the blue. And that's how they present it to you in the culture industry. 
Now, you can always tell promos for something because they're written in a sort of light-hearted manner as though it was was okay. Here's a typical example here. Now, remember, too, that Charles Galton Darman talks about how they'd have to aim things at women, aim things at men, and so on, to bring out this new society where basically no one would breed. I mean, you get the message. They didn't want people breeding down below at all. And promoting promiscuity uh, would be part of it, because out of promiscuity would come the side effects, such as unwanted children and so on, so that abortion would then go on the table. That all has worked out back in the, the 50s, and before he even brought that up, it's all worked out then. All worked out in advance, like a chessboard that you haven't even put your foot on, the big chessboard that you walk on, and you don't even know what you're on it. Dawn of the Flexus Sexual. Here you are. You see, this is a light-hearted one. Dawn of the Flexus Sexual. Oh, how we're going to have fun here. The new word for the woman who refused to play it straight, right? And it's from the Mail Online. It's been awfully good introducing an awful lot of this stuff. And then they go into the usual stuff about celebrities, so we get them to oh yeah, oh, yeah I remember that one, I remember that one. First, there was that infamous onstage kiss between Madonna and Britney Spears. And Madonna's the one who used to grab her crotch and stuff as well. And then it says, then Katy Perry sang that she's kissed a girl and she likes it. Now a new word has been coined for the growing number of straight women who flirt with bisexuality. It's called flexisexual. It refers to people who have a sexual preference but refuse to be bound by it. See, they're avant-garde, they're cutting edge, you see, they're rebelling, you see. That's the the old stuff that they used too with uh, Bernays, uh, teaching them to rebel. And and putting themselves in a bind by doing so is very clever. And it seems heterosexual women in their 30s and 40s are leading the trend. There you go. See, they've watched more much music and music television and so on than anybody else and read more celebrity stuff than anybody else. And then they, they bring in the psychologist, you know, the expert, to make it seem okay. Psychologist Dr. Cecilia Felice said, women are often more open to these experiences when they reach their 40s. That, that's a absolute rubbish you know, because I, see, I knew lots of women in their 40s, much older than me when I was a wee boy, and this stuff did not go on. It just didn't go on. The last thing in their mind. Anyway, liars are awful handy when you're trying to get an agenda across. And so I'll carry on with the, li- the liar here. And says, and more confident with her sexuality. If an opportunity presents itself, they may think, why not? Particularly if they have come out of a long relationship. Hollywood actresses Angelia Jolie and Drew Barrymore, both 35, have been open about being attracted to women and having fl- flings with them. It's called a fling, eh? a flexosexual fling. It must be contortion of some kind with flexus. Oh, who cares? Jolie, who is now with Brad Pitt, has been admitted to having a sexual relationship with actress Jenny Shimizu, whoever that is. Twice married, Barrymore has been quoted as saying, being with a woman is like exploring your own body, but through someone else. I wonder what person dreamed that one up for her, some script writer. They're awfully good at that. They, they get little things like that, people that embed in people's minds, you see. Actress Lindy, Lindsay uh, Lohan, 24, is among younger flexus sexuals. He see it as a, a trend when she dated DJ Samantha Robin Robinson. I don't know who these people are, and I don't care, you know, either. She denied being a lesbian and said she was maybe bisexual. She has since returned to seeing men, including some rugby star anyway. So anyway, this is how they're pushing it from the celebrities because the little people down below tend to emulate it. And of course, it's been pushed in school with your your, your guidance counsellors. Well, you haven't tried it. Oh, Johnny, there's maybe something wrong with you. You might be inhibited in some way. They actually get told this at school. Of course, it's not an agenda. I'd be paranoid to think it was an agenda, wouldn't I? Oh, it just happens out the blue. 
Just like the sudden obesity that we all got just happened just out the blue. No one saw it coming, you know. Especially of all those guys that are in charge of your food. Back with more after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cunning through the matrix. So we've got flexosexuals and metrosexuals and, and all these sexuals and stuff that keep getting. Pushed by the media, something nice and wonderful. And I guess they'll say, are you, are you a metro or a sex or a flexo? And I've gone to the little jokes like that will pop up all over the place in the cartoons and the papers and stuff. But um, where does it all lead to? Well, we know where it all leads to. It's the destruction of society, as you know it. It ties in exactly with the big plans that uh, Lord Bertrand Russell had when he talked about the future and he tried pre-pubertal sex at his little experimental schools. He was given permission to have where they promoted pre-pubertal sex and even overloading their minds with sexual ideas with the hope that they would never mate with a single individual, like stay with, stay with someone steadily, that is, to create a family, because the family had to be destroyed, and they've done a darn good job of it. Well, he's a pat down of the girl at Sudbury Airport, just, just near me, in fact, Sudbury Airport, uh, under investigation. I've seen some of these uh, flexosexuals at the... Um, Sudbury airports, they, you know, they, they're, they're kind of potato people, I call them. And they walk as though they're gunslingers with their hands outside the hips. You, know, you, have to, you have to be pretty far outside the hips because they're like bulbs. They're kind of shaped like bulbs. And they like to carry bundles of keys on them to make themselves look very masculine and stuff like that. You know, you, you, can, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? I hope you do. Anyway, it's this pat down of a girl at Sudbury airport under investigation by one of these flexosexuals. The Canadian Air Transport Security Authorities launched an investigation into a formal complaint filed earlier this week by the mother of a teen girl subjected to a humiliating full body groping. It says pat down here, but it's actually groping, of course, because uh, these particular creatures like to do this stuff to get off on it. Christine McCann was flying from Sudbury to Toronto with her 15-year-old daughter, Carly Flynn, Sunday when a Katza security officer randomly selected the Pickering girl for a search that included her breasts and inner thighs. Well, that would definitely turn on a flexosexual, I'd imagine. Well, McCann said she asked the girl, the guard, if she could do the check-in primates. It was a female guard. She was told there was no such facility, despite the fact the Sudbury Airport does have a private room. The Sun revealed Finn's experience Wednesday, the same day McCann filed a formal complaint with the authority. Uh, anyway, they go through the, the client satisfaction agency and so on to try to calm it all down because they don't want to get sued. That's the last thing they want to do is, is bring a, uh, attract attention to these flexosexuals that uh, do all the groping in the airports. Uh, and I'm surprised people allow themselves to be groped at all. But then maybe not looking at them today, they're so dumbed down and content and they think that there's terrorism everywhere and they've really fallen for all the nonsense that's out there. But I'll put this link up too tonight on this because we're in this sort of theme of, of uh, really attacking women because that's what they said they'd have to do or the big players that were creating the culture that we're living through now and doing the big experiments back in the, the 30s, 40s and 50s 
on, on selected populations. There's no, there's no full force and we see effects of it in the dysfunctional society they've created. And um, we find now, of course, that uh, uh, with the culture industry really focusing on women and uh, giving them all their indoctrination during the 60s of, you know, don't do, don't. I, I actually knew some women who said they'd never make a meal for a man. It was the most degrading thing you could do. They were taught that in school. Uh, that particular age group, 60s into the 70s. And uh, and then, of course, they got they were taught to be assertive, which meant aggressive generally. And um, and then, I've no doubt at all, uh, their bodily structure was changing like the males were too with the GMO food through the, the late 80s and into the 90s because Canada was a test group for it all. And I'm sure they were using it in other countries too without telling the public either. Anyway, angry young girls, binge drinking culture, creating a generation of aggressive and out of control women. This ties right in with uh, what I said at the beginning with Charles Galton Darwin and his book, very well worth a read actually if you get a hold of it. Whenever I mention these books, they've got a site uh, on Amazon. It doesn't matter what condition it's in, they just grab them up. And So you should grab these, up, these books up when I mention them. I've mentioned these too many times already, that's why it'll be expensive. The number of teenage girls who are physically aggressive and lash out at school and at home has risen at an alarming rate, experts claimed yesterday. So it's on, it's on, the, the agenda's on cue. It's right where it should be right now. More and more girls are, are binge drinking and tired of being regarded as a passive sex. See, there, there you go again. And she's under emulating male behavior. They're not really emulating male behavior. They're emulating what they've seen in all the movies. So many movies now have the female heroines who do all kung fu and stab people and they machine gun them and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And again, in, in the music television, it's all boozing and sex and so on and, and get the guys and all that stuff, you see. So uh, it's been, they've really done well with the, the agenda to destroy the relationship, not only between male and female, but between the intergenerational gap because the, the young people have been taught not to, even to listen to older people. The disturbing trend has been noted by the British Association of Anger Management, which is dealing with increasing numbers of out-of-control and aggressive young women. The association's findings echo statistics, which found that the Ladette Yob culture, they call it Yobos over there, that's, um, that's malcontents who cause trouble in society, uh, was on the rise with 200 women convicted of violent crimes every week. The number of women found guilty of murder, vicious assault, or other attacks has risen by 81%. 81% since 1998. Uh, leading anger management psychotherapist, again an expert, Aon Anchor, it probably doesn't check their hormone levels too and see what's happened to that. Mike Fisher said there was a strong link between the rise in binge drinking. No, that's, that's a symptom of it. That's a symptom of what's been, been pushed to do. It's not the cause. Among young girls and their physical aggression. He says girls are generally better at dealing with their feelings, whereas boys keep it inside. Well, I've been through that flexosexual stuff already. However, when girls drink, they're anesthetizing their feelings. They're, they're, they're really tranquilizing them. Some that are not able to cope with their emotions appropriately, that's what he says, but that anger has to go somewhere. And that's rubbish because anger's with them even when they're sober. Unlike their mothers, who perhaps did not drink as much, they become violent. Uh, speaking ahead of Anger uh, Awareness Week, which begins on Wednesday, Mr. Fisher said, The girls we're dealing with in the schools are increasingly physically aggressive. They're tired of being pushed around by boys 
and they're fighting back. That's his excuse too, because he's politically correct, right? They're fed up with being the passive sex. No, they're, they're being exactly what it's been promoted for them to be. That's what they're being. Uh, charity Parent Line Plus reported that half of the girls that received from, uh, pa- pa- from parents about their children's behavior, uh, extreme verbal and physical aggression related to the girls. So it's half. One mother said her 15-year-old daughter has done exactly as she wants for six months, returned home from school late and disappearing over the weekend. She said this morning because I wouldn't take uh, uh, to school and buy her some tobacco, she flew into a rage, threw everything off my sideboard, smashed a glass and ripped a towel rail off the wall. Well, you'd see that kind of stuff in music television if you cared to watch, actually. You know. Anyway, doesn't surprise me in the least uh, at all. Not in the least. Not, not in the least. It's all. And I've also got one here too I want to put up tonight on eggs. Eggs. They're actually in artificial insemination now. They've got a process where they actually ID, put a barcode on the ovum. Isn't that nice? Isn't it nice, eh? Now we can tell who's going to be who when they genetically enhance or modify you, as I like to call it. I'll put that link up as well for you to see how far they're going with all of this. And believe you me, that's only what we're allowed to know, which isn't much at all. See, we're mushrooms. We're kept in the kept in the dark and fled, fed you know what. Anyway, I've got a call from New York. It's Alisa. Are you there, Alisa? Hello. Um, uh, I have a question about eugenics. And I was listening to a Patriot Radio talk show host saying that uh, they're considering depopulating Africa through vaccinations, and I know that they're uh, currently inoculating for polio in in um, Northwest Africa. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, since there are three trading blocks, the Americas, uh, Europe, and China, but there isn't one for Africa, do they just plan on depopulating the entire continent, or...? Well, they, they have uh, a, a, an organization under the United Nations to, cre- to create... Um, a trading block off Africa, a united Africa, at the moment. They, they do have that. Okay, and, so it's uh, going to be depopulating the entire planet simultaneously? There isn't going to be, you know, like a... They want it done quicker in some areas. There's no doubt about it. It was in the 70s, I think, that uh, Henry Kissinger brought forth the first bill. And I'll put it up tonight for you to read if you go into cuttingthroughmatrix.com. I'll put the link up. And you can read the bill for yourself. And that was, he said that overpopulation, especially of the, especially of the third world countries, um, was the greatest threat to national security. And, and they were, they put in steps to, to deal with it even then. And if you go into books like Bertrand Russell's books, he actually talked about using the needle to, to create a, a passive, uh, and a deep, and depopulate the planet too. There's many ways to do it. We know, the United Nations has been caught, the World Health Organization has been caught already, as admitted to, that they gave free tetanus shots to millions of women in North Africa and in India. And these were basically bioengineered for the warfare industry. Uh, they attacked the ovum of the women, uh, created massive inflammation and sterilized them. That's what these so-called free tetanus shots did. And that's admitted at the United Nations. They were behind it, at least the World Health Organization of the United Nations they also created a live new strain of polio in Nigeria. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. And I read this on the, the air too from, the, I'll try and dig that up for you. 
um, they, they gave him the, the, the oral type vaccine of polio, and out of it came uh, apparently what they claimed was uh, because see, see these viruses are live viruses, and supposedly live but not quite virile enough to, to spread, and but however they can mutate when they mix with your DNA. And a virus is called the great robber because it takes part of a victim's DNA, adds it to its own, leaves part of itself behind in the victim, and goes on. Well, they created a live virus, a polio virus, and they don't know how to treat it now. It's out of hand. So they're doing all of this kind of stuff. We know in Latin America and Peru, and I read the article here too, that um, under the United Nations, a bunch of NGO groups were given authority to go in and supposedly give uh, what they call um, health care to women for reproductive health care. It was actually mass sterilization programs. Thousands of women were done, and they didn't know that they were actually being sterilized at all. So it's been going on for years, actually, but they're stepping it up uh, at the Rockefeller, at the last meeting of the Rockefeller and the, what they call the Lucky Gene Club with Oprah Winfrey and all the Bill Gates and all these guys. Uh, they talked about the need now to create rapid depopulation throughout the world. Whereas before, it was, it was just a little bit here and there, a few million here, a few million there, sterilization. Now it's rapid depopulation, which means killing folk off one way or another as well as sterilizing them. Okay, I have one more question. Uh, there is uh, some, 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 a man called Albert Pike, and he predicted that there would be three wars, uh, the first one and the second one he actually predicted. And then he said there'd be the final one where they would get uh, Zionism to battle with the Arab world. And then finally they could uh, consolidate that whole region under, I don't know, some one world um, one world power, one world religion. Do you know anything about that? Is, is it just crackpots, nonsense? Well, suppose they came out... Um from a letter written by Pike to uh, Lord Rothschild in Britain, and uh, it was kept in the British Museum up until World War Two. And a lot of it's true, what is true, what we do know is a lot of stuff was taken uh, from the museums during World War Two uh, at the Royal Museum in London and uh, stored elsewhere because of the bombings. And a lot of stuff was not replaced, and, and that was one that wasn't replaced. However, in older books, you will see what is claimed to be pictures or photographs of the, this letter under glass from the museum. So we don't have that evidence anymore. It's gone. But, but so we do know that Albert Pike was in the world revolutionary business. In fact, he set up Mazzini, who led the World Revolutionary Society and became the Grand Master after Pike, in fact. And Mazzini, uh, of course, his World Revolutionary Society became the Communist Party, uh, led by Lenin, he took over from Mazzini. Yeah. Okay, so the Rothschilds don't actually care about the Jewish people. What are, are they just using them to form, you know, what super global religion or super world power? Is, is do they have any loyalty to anybody? Well, it's a difficult thing to look at. If you look at the book, it's called. It's a very good book as far as uh, facts and present, presentation of facts. Although it actually cheers Lord Rothschild as a, a triple agent. Uh, Victor Rothschild, he, and during World War II and afterwards, he was, he became head of all British national security over MI6, MI5, and so on. And he also ran, uh, spies for the Soviets in Britain. He was definitely a, a double agent. And he also, 
uh, was giving all the secrets of the of the latest um, counter espionage techniques to the Soviet Union and to to Israel at the same time. So, uh, in fact, all of Israel's uh, early warning systems, um, other listening devices for for massive listening and so on, was all given to them by Victor Rothschild, and that's admitted to. Uh, so it's very difficult to know exactly what what he is. Uh, and I've no doubt, too, eventually you'll, you'll find out at the top of Zionism, it, it'll, it's going to be a great shock, I think, eventually. Maybe if they ever know I, or find out, I don't know if they'll ever find out what really rules them. Uh, because uh, everyone here gets, seems to get used and turn. And um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if you find out that the Zionists themselves will just be expendable after... Uh, they've had their use and their usefulness is over. Um, at the moment, they are a fortress placed there, and Lord Storrs, who was the, the Palestinian uh, overseer for Britain in the 1920s into the 30s, Lord Storrs, and he was related, he was intermarried with the royal family. He was the, the lieutenant governor, what we call him over there. He oversaw the coming in of uh, the Russian Jews and mainly Russian at the time. Prior to World War Two, into the, the, this state, this is this Palestine, which was to be Israel, and he knew it, and he wrote about it too that they would create a state out of this this country, and um, he said most of them were actually communists, very, and that's true too. There's many other books came out uh, from Israel itself, admitting that most of them were really hardened communists who left Russia, and here's the thing too, they were allowed to leave Russia and go back and forth during the communist era. No one else was allowed to do that. And um, and they left Russia because Russia was not uh, Marxist enough for them. They were even further left uh, than Lenin and eventually um, Stalin were. So they wanted to create an even more communist-type system. However, Storz did say in his book, this overseer for Britain, the lieutenant governor, he said, um, or lieutenant general, he said... Uh, uh, that um, this is a fortress. It's a new uh, British British type of fortress in the Middle East for the future to come, because they had plans for the Middle East and taking down the Arab countries. Of course, uh, they'll use Israel and uh, the, the U.S. to do so. Back after these messages. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And um, as I say, you could go on and on and on about the, the Middle East and Israel's role. And there's no doubt at all it's got a big, big part to play. He said we're setting up an Ulster in, in the Middle East. And, of course, that's what they set up in Ireland to make sure there'd always be uh, dissension by putting in hardline Protestants, really, uh, in a Catholic country. And that we've all seen the effects of that up to the present time. So that's what they did. So they knew what they were doing, and, and that's what they, they set up in Ireland was a, a new Ulster, basically. And that's in his own book, um, uh, and uh, from uh, Mr. Storrs, Lord Storrs, Orientations. Now, um, I'll make amendment too to that fertilized egg. It's a fertilized egg for women now. So it's little Johnny or little Jenny, 
who's been enhanced or, or believe you me, that's what they do there. That they're taking their genes out and putting other ones in when you, when you get artificial insemination. If you didn't know it by now, I'm telling you, just let you know. Now you do know. In essence, there's a lot of experiments going on with you and what you think are your children. And they follow them down through their life to see if they produce the kind of a, a person they want, you know, the ideal citizen. No, not too aggressive and all that kind of stuff. Kind of placid, goes along with everything, doesn't mind paying taxes and stuff like that. So it's it's literally a fertilized egg with barcodes on it. That's that's the new you. That's the world of the future. For those that don't know it, interesting. Eh? But um, we are certainly going along into this totalitarian system at a at a clip and a fast clip. Now, the, the U.S., I'll put a link up to, uh, where you'll see, uh, it's a video, I think, where the feds in the U.S. are using the mobile X-ray vans on travelers, uh, traffic at the side of the road. They're actually X-raying you and your car. So if you're not getting enough dose, if you're trying to avoid flying to escape all the X-ray effects to your body, forget it, they're doing it to you on the roads now. And, of course, there's no permission given to that for that either. They're not safe anywhere anymore. They can use, use the same vans for your house next to your house. It says that in, in this particular video and the article as well. So I'll put that up for you to peruse just to let you know what's happening. And um, I don't expect any action on anything because I think the public, to be honest with you, are too dumbed down. I think something's happened to their minds on their diets and their injections. Exactly as Bertrand Russell said, they said it means compliant by the use of the needle. I think that's really been what's happening. After all, these guys at the top were backed by the richest people on the planet and their governments at very high levels. Do you realize that most governments have big secret departments that the politicians attend and are put into? They call them cabinets in Britain, and many of them are classified as secret, and they have the authority to implement big agendas on their populations. Well, they wouldn't ask for volunteers for sterilization or for dumbing down. They just go ahead and do it. And if you haven't realized now that big pharma is a part of the military-industrial complex, then it tells me that you've already been affected, that this mission successful on you because you've been dumbed down by the proper means. And uh, it's a sad war. This is a war, you understand? And the way that uh, the big players talked about it, like the guys I've mentioned tonight, plus many others who were involved in this, the Huxleys, both the brothers and so on, uh, they saw this as a war on the general public for the survival of the elite, the better type of genes. That's how they, they portrayed it to, in their books and in their lectures. Now, don't kill the messenger. That's all I'm doing. I'm just giving you the messages. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods. Go with you.